Hello, and welcome to the Voice of Democracy podcast. I am Bruce Carter. In this podcast, you will hear intriguing and thoughtful interviews, as well as actionable tips and strategies that can be implemented either in your institution, health and wellness, and education. Our podcast is not about name recognition or being famous. Everyone has untapped potential. And today's fast-changing landscape demands nation leaders who can quickly adapt, build trust, and deliver value. Through people and technology, we're listening and providing insight on tough political and business challenges, including talent, transformation, geopolitical conflicts, pandemics, and social injustice. In this podcast series, Voice of Democracy offers insights to help you tackle today's challenges and prepare for tomorrow. Through social change, we will be the voice for democracy, American promise, global mission. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now, let's jump into your daily dose of Voice of Democracy. Today highlights, we will focus on a couple of things. We will look at several issues, political uh, policies that are affecting here in the U.S. Some of those policies we will dive into. We will look into policies such as abortion. Why is abortion is a, such a hot topic here in America, even across the world? Why controlling a woman's body is so important to a lot of politicians? And when they look into our policy, how our policies are created surrounding abortions. Big debate about pro-choice, pro-life. So we're going to look into the whole debate around pro-life. Why is it such an issue? Today will be just a small part that we will look into about abortion. This podcast will be more than one series that I will highlight abortion issues and challenges surrounding it. So again, today's focus will be policies around abortions, such as what the Bible has to say about abortion. We will look at comparison to homeless in the U.S., gun violence in the U.S., elderly dying in nursing homes in the U.S. Historical context, we'll look into how women have been, been controlled by what they had to wear around the world. This goes all the way back in ancient times. So, let's get started. First, let's see what the Bible says about abortion. Honestly, it really shouldn't matter what the Bible says about abortion. Because the United States is not a theocracy. It's still given the certitude of abortion opponents that abortion violates God's word. It might come to a surprise that Neither the Old Testament nor the New Testament mentions abortion, not one word. In fact, let's take a look at this. Out of more than 600 laws of Moses, none commandments is on abortion. One Mosaic law speaks about marriage, specifically contradicts the claim that the Bible is anti-abortion. It clearly stating that miscarriage does not involve the death of a human being. If a woman has a miscarriage as a result of a fight, the man who caused it should be fined. If the woman dies, however, the corporate must be killed. So here's how it reads in the NIV version. If a man strive and hurt a woman with a child so that her fruit depart from her, and yet 
no mischief follow. He shall be surely punished according as a woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. Furthermore, in the NIV version, and if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, two for two. Now this reading is coming from Exodus chapter 21 verses 22 through verses 25. The Bible orders a death penalty for murder of a human being, but not for the expulsion of a fetus. Now, of course, the argument goes back and forth, uh, opinions about what well, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not murder. Some can say abortion, some argue abortion is murder. Again, this is debatable, this is opinionated, because if you read, not listen to what others have to say, but actually do a reading, there's a lot of other complications that happen when a woman is pregnant and is trying to give birth. So they can, it's not, will be looked upon as murder. So that's debatable. I get it. I understand why it can be a sensitive, touchy topic. But is God really concerned about that? How do God views that? Is is he going to condemn someone for that? But we'll keep we'll keep looking at this, okay? The next argument, are there too many abortions? Cuz you hear arguments that there are too many abortions here in America. Okay? Sometimes what people mean when they say there are too many abortions is that we need to help girls and women take charge of their sexuality and have more options in life. Now, according to a couple of uh, research institutes out there, in 2011, abortion declined by 13% from 2008, most because of better access to birth control and to longer acting birth control methods like the intrauterine device, as they say, IUD. That is, that is very good news. Furthermore, let's review some facts, statistical facts. How many abortions are there in the U.S. each year? An exact answer is hard to come by. Uh, the CDC and a couple of research institutes out there each trying to measure this, but they use different methods and publish different figures. However, the last year for which the Pew Research and the CDC reported a yearly notional total for abortion in 2020, and neither organization reported a large change from this previous year. The CDC says there were 620,327 abortions nationally in 2020, and in the District of Columbia, uh, and 47 states, uh, a 1.5% decrease from 629,898 in 2018. One institute uh, stated, uh, or figure showed, a total of Total from 2020 was 930,160, a 1.5% increase from 916 to 460 in 2019. So let's compare guns death per year. More Americans die of gun-related injuries in 2021 than any other year on record. According to the latest available statistics from the Center of Disease Control and the Prevention that included record numbers of both gun numbers I'm sorry, both gun murders and gun suicides in 2021, the most recent year for which completed data is available, 48,830 people died from gun-related injuries in the U.S. According to the CDC, the figure includes uh, gun murders and gun suicides, along with three less common type of gun-related deaths tracked by the CDC. 
In 2021, gun deaths break down. In 2021, 54% of, a, of all gun-related deaths in the U.S. were suicides, which was a total of 26,328. While 48, correction, while 43% was murders, which was 20,958, according to the CDC. The remaining gun deaths that year were accidental, 549. Involved law enforcement, 537 or had undermined circumstances, 458. Now, let's, let's, let's look at homeless deaths per year. As they look at the homeless deaths per year, which is considered a point in time, or person experienced homeless conditions, by applying these portions from 27 cities to the national point in time account, where the point in time accounted for about 553,000 individuals are homeless. It is estimated that between 17,500 and 46,500 homeless deaths occurred in 2018. These figures should not be interpreted as firm estimates of total annual homeless deaths. So this translates on an annual account, approximately 2.4% of homeless persons die each year. So that's about 13,000 out of half a million, which we think about, what you think about it, homeless is a significant health risk for individuals. Now, let's look into nursing home neglects. According to the National Center for Health Statistics, NIH, more than 2,500 people die in the U.S. nursing homes in 2019 alone. That's roughly one person every two days. I'm gonna say that again. That is roughly one person every two days. Okay, so let's look, so let's discuss governments having long history of controlling women. Let's look at this now. Let's think about this. I'm gonna read this and so everyone can think about this. Throughout modern history, government control over women's body and by extension, women, has been a prevalent theme built into our very systems. Rape was initially deemed as a property crime against the victim's father. And as property themselves, married women couldn't own property under the common law principle of coverture. States gradually granted property ownership to married women through 1943 to keep women in their place and thus out of power, American laws long forbid women from full societal participations. June 4th, 1919, and ratified on August 18, 1920, the 19th Amendment granted women the right to vote. Mm. In 1948, the Supreme Court affirmed women couldn't be big city bartenders unless they're fathers or husband owned the establishment. Only in 1973 could women serve on a jury in all 50 estates. And until 1974, women, women without their husband's permission could be refused credit cards. 1974 now. Of course, uh, we since achieved advances, legislative, jurisprudence, society, um, influences um, that make these examples seem archaic. 
So let's review a little bit about a history of a little bit more about controlling a women's society. We're gonna I'm gonna look at women attire, how women are supposed to dress. This all ties into what I started off talking about abortion and controlling of women. So there is an ancient history of telling women what they can and cannot wear as a means of controlling a community's political message. In ancient Sparta, get this, in ancient Sparta, Athens, and many other Greek cities, states from around the fourth century BC, there was a appointed group of magistrates whose title and job was basically controllers of women. Their existence is proof of their active surveillance of the actions of women in antiquity, a fact that must have made many of them feel ill at ease in public eye. The point of these male magistrates was to make sure women didn't spend too much on clothing, to assure proper and uniform attire at religious festivals, and to promote their virtue of chastity among women. In order to enforce these dress codes, they were invested with the power to confiscate clothing, impose fines, or rip the clothing off a woman before donating those vestments to the gods, of course. Dress codes for women could be highly scripted in Greek, even down to the color of the mourning garments at our funerals, control of the type and color of the clothing worn by women was an in integral part of maintaining the social hierarchy in the ancient world, which were often visualized through public clothing choices. While Roman women had considerably more liberty than most Athenian women, there were still occasionally laws put in place in Rome to control the opulence of female dress. There was a law called Alex Opia, a law passed by all male assembly in two, uh, uh, 215 BCE during the Second Punic War with Hannibal, limited amount of gold a woman could own to half an ounce, the dress she could wear, and even whether she could ride in a horse-drawn vehicle within a mile of the city. Elite Roman men controlled female dress as a means of symbolizing attitudes towards luxury. But an important part of ancient society was a right to wear certain items of clothing as a visual sign of one's social station. Roman matrons were legally allowed to wear a garment called a stola, a long tunic which signified their status as a married woman or widow. Problems regularly arose when non-matrons dressed a reputable woman. How was one supposed to tell your level of dignity if you illegally wore a stola? The problem continued into late antiquity. A number of late Roman laws indicated it became illegal to dress like a nun if one was an, a mimi or a prostitute or a entertainer. Dressing above your, your status might even have been illegal in some cases but dressing below it could also spell danger for a woman. In some cases, in the middle, during the Middle Ages, the control of a female clothing through 
through legislation continued. A law from the 1420 kept Persians prostitutes from wearing furs, made them re um, resemble honest and bulgarious French women. Moreover, these regulations of clothing worn by nuns was particular interest to those within the church. As the history of female dresses, I'm sorry, as the history of female dress codes in the West reveals, the restriction of what women can and cannot wear is an epic tale that has not yet been concluded. We see that even up into today's society. Clothing remains an important way of women to express their own personal identity. But as the, if you recall back in Italy and in French, the band of the Burka, Burka bands and, and ancient laws revealed the institution of dress codes are a time-honored means of using laws, orders to express and idealize communal, communal identity surrounding all the debate about women should, should or should not wear. We should prepare and consider what fixing gun violence, killing our children, taking care and protecting of the elderly, fixing our homeless crisis should be more important to worry about what women should be wearing. That should be the aim and the focus of, of all our policies. It should not be about, we're just gonna focus only on abortion, but then be a hypocrite about gun violence, taking care of the homeless, taking care of our elderly, make sure they're not being mistreated in nursing homes, going to assisted living care, you have to give all your money, your fortunes up in order to go into that environment. I would think God would not pick and choose which is more important. His, his views, or I would believe, I would say is, is bigger than that. It's bigger than what we, we think, what we know about the Bible. So here, here's some other interesting facts and some other interesting statistics. Let's, let's look into, I didn't mention this up front, but let's look into child poverty because we're talking about abortion, right? So as many as 9 million children in the United States live in food insecure homes. I'm gonna read that again. As many as 9 million children in the United States live in food insecure homes. That's one in eight kids at risk for hunger. And we don't think God is not concerned about that? Or where is our policy on fixing this particular issue? 9 million children in the United States lives in in a food insecure homes? Here's another intriguing fact. This includes children and adults. This this number. 13,690 people starve to death in America per year. These are some 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 hardcore facts and startling numbers to 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 try to even to rationalize and understand why are we having such a pivotal debate around abortion and controlling a woman. As I just 
stated throughout history and life, women have always been told how to dress, how to use their body, what they can and cannot do. But yet, there are other major issues, concerns in our society that we should put a lot of energy towards. Take some of that energy away, focus on telling her what a woman can do with her body, and focus on a lot of these other challenges that we have, as I have just alluded to. I would say this in some. There are, you know, if, if, if for, for those who want to live by the Bible, your evangelicals who want to, you know, be true to what they think they understand what's in the Bible, be very conservative to what their beliefs and, 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 and thoughts are. But what, 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 think about this. There are 250 verses in the Bible on the proper use of wealth or more than 300 on our responsibility to care for the poor and work for justice. I would think that is more selling to our Heavenly Father or, or to whatever your faith may be and just focusing on how to control a woman's body. And so, okay, so as we wrap up, and, and I, I digress and I will move on. As we wrap up, some latest news, um, some, of the, some of the news are from previous month back in June. Saudi Arabia slashing oil supply. Uh, it could mean higher gas prices for the U.S. drivers. Um, here's an interesting fact. Latest news. This is as of yesterday, 2022, July, 20, uh, July 2022, this year. The Gallaudet University held a pageant ceremony aimed at righting the wrong. Officials handed out diplomas for 24 black deaf students who should have received their diploma more than six decades ago. So six decades ago, that's probably about 70 years ago, earlier. Five of the six students who were still alive made it to the ceremony. In politics, President Biden's age is an issue that troubles most Americans. Interviews with officials have spent time with him, paint a complex reality. In world news, violence in Sudan has spread to Darfur region. Gunmen have killed hundreds and destroyed clinics and shops. Also around the world, uh, for world news, the Chinese authorities pushed two students who gave out rainbow flags. The students say Xi Jinping is cracking down on gay and transgender act activists. Other big stories, 16 migrants from Venezuela and Colombia were flown on a private jet to California and dropped off outside of a Sacramento church building. Allstate has stopped selling new homes or commercial insurance policies in California, citing climate risks. A Brooklyn neighborhood police itself for five days. The experiment could redefine law enforcement in New York City. A company that makes blood tests for cancer said that about 400 customers were mistakenly told last month that they might have the disease. Let's look into religions in public. State officials in Oklahoma approved the local Roman Catholic Archdiocese request to operate a public charter school. 
it would be the first explicit religion public school in the U.S. in modern times, expert says. Supporters of the school hope to see it as a test case to take to the Supreme Court and win a clear right for charter schools to offer religious instructions. Climate, the river that formed the Grand Canyon is vanishing. A, this was written in the Times Journal a Expedition. You can find more there. Opinions. Burger King claps back at McDonald's with its own ChatGPT ad after the chat box calls the Big Mac the most iconic burger. Also, did you know, on this day, on July, 20, July 23, 1885, the 18th President of the United States, Union Commander Ulysses S. Grant, dies from throat cancer. On July 23, 1967, a riot began in Detroit as African-Americans in the city's police department were involved in the violent confrontations following a police raid on an illegal drinking club. The unrest, which lasted for five days, is considered one of the catalysts of the militant black power movement. On this day, July 23, 2011, the British singer-songwriter Amy Winehouse, who won five awards for her Motown-inspired Back to Black in 2006, but struggled with substance abuse problems, died from alcohol poison on eight, at the age of 27. On July 23, 2012, the U.S. astronaut Sally Ride, the first American woman to travel in space, died at the age of 61. So I thank you for listening and tuning in, and I hope that you will continue to listen in and hear what we have to say from Voice of Democracy. This podcast was brought to you by the People First Consultant, Voice of Democracy. For more, for more information about the People First Consultant, Voice of Democracy, please visit our website at www.pfcworks.com. American Promise, Global Mission. Thank you for tuning in and listening today. Until next time, please be safe, stay informed, and live well.